It's time to accelerate. Hey, friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 573 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. Joining me on the show today is Kayvon, the self-proclaimed one-call closer. That's right, Kayvon, just one name like a Brazilian soccer player. In this episode, we're going to talk about this idea of the one-call close, what it, what it really means, and perhaps most importantly, what it doesn't mean. And this may surprise you a little bit. We're also going to get into some of the f- most common mistakes that Kayvon sees that sales reps make when they're on the phone. In fact, we're going to talk about his top four most common mistakes that reps make. In addition, we're also going to touch on how Kayvon has harnessed his ADD to help propel his sales career. So if you'd like to see the summary notes for this episode, go to andypaul.com forward slash 573. Now, I've been talking the last couple of weeks about a new report I just produced based on the input of over 300 leading entrepreneurs, uh, seasoned executives, sales leaders, people I've interviewed right here on Accelerate. And this report is all about what you can do to amp up and accelerate your sales right now. Now, we're all in sales. We have this obligation to always be open to learning something new. And there are a lot of new ideas in the support for you to take away. So it's free. Go to accelerate.fm forward slash accelerate to get your copy right now. I have also been hinting in the last few weeks that we're going to make some changes to our program schedule. It's early in response to listener comments. Most common comments we get about the show are A, we love it, B, just too many episodes to listen to, to catch up, to keep up with. So uh, perhaps I'm a slow learner. It's only taken me two years to get around to this uh, thought that we need to change things up a little bit. So starting next Monday, you're going to be able to listen to new episodes of Accelerate three days a week instead of five. We're going to be out on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Friday's still going to be usual Frontline Friday episodes with my co-host, Bridget Gleason, and uh, give you a chance to catch up a little bit on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So make sure you come back, check us out. Also, the second anniversary of Accelerate is next Monday. Over a million people have listened to the show, hundreds of great episodes. So I'm really anxious to see what your favorite episode has been. Who's been your favorite guest? If you need to sort of review the list of episodes, you can go to my website, andypaul.com, click on the podcast button, you get dropped on menu, second option, give you a listing of all of the shows that we've done so far. And we would like to hear from you. What I said, which one has been your favorite? So if you go to andypaul.com, you can leave us a quick message about that. On the lower right-hand side of the homepage, you'll find a red button that will let you send us an audio message. So do it now. And I'll send a signed copy of my book, my best-selling book, Amp Up Your Sales, to everyone who leaves us a message about their favorite episode. So make sure you don't forget to include your physical mailing address when you send us the message. Finally, before we get to the interview, I just want to remind you that we want to hear your questions about sales and sales management, what are the challenges you're facing, if there's a specific question that I can help you with or that um, Bridget could help you with, you know, make sure you send it to us. So you send that question to me at andy at andypaul.com, and each week I'll choose one of those questions submitted from the previous week to answer on the Friday conversation with Bridget. And the winner, the person who submitted the question that we answer, will win a free half-hour coaching call with me. That's a $250 value. So don't delay. You'll make sure you submit those today. Okay, let's jump into the interview with Kayvon. Kayvon, welcome to Accelerate. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. Well, Good. Gosh, I wish everybody were so excited to be here. So um, so we start the show with a standard question I ask all my guests. And, and this one is, what in your mind, what's the single biggest challenge facing sales reps today? 
I think the biggest challenge facing sales reps today for sure is the fact that the customer now or pro- the prospect is the, they have the power now. You know, back in the day, the salesperson had the power because of the lack of knowledge that the customer had. But because obviously you have the internet and we're so we have such access to so much information that the power is now in the consumer's hands. So as a sales rep, it's not about selling the features. It's not about selling the benefits. It's about being able to literally create that relationship with the prospect where the prospect trusts you. Because at the end of the day, people do business with people they like, plain and simple. Okay. I mean, yeah, and some people expand upon that. No like and trust, but uh, we can get into that. So before I jump into that, um, so you go by just one name, like a Brazilian soccer player. So tell us about I, that. I go by uh, Kayvon. Uh, the media calls me the one call closer. And the reason I go by Kayvon is I just, it, my last name's, uh, it's a very difficult, long last name. And uh, I what? want to leave presence in uh, in this and not only with my customers but an imprint in this world and uh, I figured uh, Kayvon is a very unique name and uh, people can remember that and people will always remember Kayvon as the one call closer all right so what is the last name the last name is uh, it's uh, Fatimizade and sounds Iranian that's a Persian last name that's Persian last name okay very interesting so Mm -hmm. how many letters how many letters in that last name that's twelve letters. Twelve letters. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that's a little. Too, it's a little long. <laughs> a little long. All right. So tell us a little bit about shelf. Now you you say that you have, uh, yeah, ADD, ADHD, as something I was reading about you. So so yes. how have how have you harnessed this to help you? Yeah. So as I mean, growing up uh, at the early age of uh, when I was in grade one, uh, so you know, early age of grade basically six. I was laid with ADD, ADHD, LD. Uh, they basically said I was never going to uh, succeed in life, uh, succeed through school. Um, by the time I was 19, I was in university. They, uh, the, the resource, the special resource teacher told me to quit and go get a factory job. Uh, so well, why? Because your, your grades are bad? or Oh, my grades were, I mean, not only my grades were horrible. I was a ADD, ADHD kind of child. I didn't, you know, I wasn't, the school system didn't serve me in any which way. Uh, and then, so not only do they put me in a classroom where they want to make me sit for eight hours when I would act up or act out because I literally couldn't sit there, they would penalize me more instead of giving me what I needed to say, Hey, go out and go for a run. They would put me in a corner and isolate me mm. and left me there to be ridiculed, bullied, uh, I mean, I will never forget the looks on the teachers' faces, the parents' faces of disgust, of embarrassment. Um, it, it was a very awful feeling and an awful time. However, no matter whatever happened, how bad things got, I always knew that there was something special inside of me, and it w- and I had to figure that out. And 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 for me, it took it took almost thirty years to really step out and to own the fact that I have ADD, I have ADHD, and this is actually a gift, and it, and it's a strength, not a weakness. So when I decided to stop going along and being pushed by all the pressures of I have to be school and I have to work in corporate and you have to be this, and I started to be pulled by my passions, my life changed, my my ability to learn, my ability to ask the right questions completely changed because I grew the confidence in myself to know, hey, just because you do it this way, which I call it the square way, a square box, I'm not a square. 
and I'm not, I don't put me in a box because I'll never succeed in a box. And once I gave myself the permission to say that that's okay, and for me to realize that where I'm an outlaw, ADD, ADHD, entrepreneurs, 50% of entrepreneurs have ADD, ADHD. It's what makes us great. And when you can learn how to harness it and turn it into your strength and, and match that with your passion, you become unstoppable. So are you familiar with Peter Shankman? I'm not familiar with Peter Shankman. Okay, so Peter Shankman has been a guest on the show. He's a very famous uh, speaker, entrepreneur, has a podcast called Faster Than Normal. And uh, yeah, it's all about embracing the, the concept that ADD or ADHD is a gift. And, it is, uh, yes. You should, uh, you should check it out. And I should. I definitely will uh, check it out. And, yeah, uh, he's, reach got, he's got a lot of great... Yeah, reach out to Peter. He'd be a good connection for mm-hmm. you. So... Here as we network on the show, we're helping people at all times. We're here to serve, as Kayvon said. So so I guess then it stands to reason. So if you're harnessing your ADD, ADHD without <laughs> without sounding facetious, that you would gravitate toward a one call close because perhaps of your attention deficit. Yeah. Uh, about that. Uh, well the one call close, uh, the one call closer system is a methodology that I've created with uh, 19 years of sales experience as well as with, uh, with some sales gurus and mentors. And we created a system where it's, uh, it's unmatched. It's, you've never seen this before. Uh, we need to understand that uh, old traditional sales techniques do not work when it comes to high-ticket selling. And that's where I serve. That's the clients I work with is more high-ticket sales. So anything that's $5,000 and above and traditional sales techniques just simply don't work. Well, uh, so, again, well, let's yes. yeah. You're yes. gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna guide you through that. So, so when you talk about the price range that you sell, now are you selling primarily to consumers or are you selling to businesses? Oh, well, I know I I, I sell uh, to consumers for B two B. So coaches, consultants, service providers, thought leaders hire the one call closer system, they hire Kayvon and my team, and we close their high ticket offers over the phone within one call using a a very unique methodology and a sales process that we show them so that when the customer or the prospect gets on the phone with us, we have the ability to close them within the 30, 45 minute call. So, all right, let's start with saying, okay, what's, what's, what are you doing different than what was traditional that doesn't work? And why? Why doesn't it work? Well, the, I'll put it this way: the common mistakes most salespeople make when you know when go uh, when selling over the phone or closing over the phone is they act like a typical salesperson. So they act very excited. Um, they, they 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 ask for the sale way too early or way too late. They're not listening. So part of the sales philosophy um, that I use is it's eighty percent of the customers talking, twenty percent. Yeah, the sales or the closer speaking. And of that 20%, we know what's very important is asking the right questions, speaking way too much. You got to sell them the features or the benefits or you're trying to justify your value. Things like saying, hey, how are you? How's your day? Things are going well. That does not work when you're trying to sell a high ticket offer. For low ticket stuff, you can use all that Grant Cardone, the hard clothes, the Ben Franklin clothes, all that stuff. But when you're trying to ha- get someone to separate from a pain that they're in and they need to spend $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 in a half an hour to, so that you can provide them a solution, you cannot act like a traditional salesperson. You cannot be all hypey. You cannot have high energy. Does that make sense? 
Well, I, I understand. Yeah. So, so mm. how do you how do you reconcile the you know the the positioning of the one call closer seems a little for a lot of people listening. I say, well, that seems pretty antithetical to the idea of service. Yes, I love that. So for me, the question is how how can you say you care about service and then call yourself the one call closer? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I do not. We do not take on any project unless the thought leader, the service provider, this uh, um, the coach or the consultant mm-hmm. is is an expert in their field and is providing a solution that actually, and let me say this again, that actually helps someone in their life. Now, for me, I have three main questions I ask myself before I even get into business with someone. First, would I buy the product myself? Mm-hmm. Second, would I charge double for that product and still feel comfortable selling it, knowing that it's going to change someone's life? And three, would I sell it to my mother? And if those are the, if, though, if I can answer yes in those three questions, I will do business with them as well as they have to be an expert. They have to be proven. And I have to see the results that this change people's lives because of what I do and because of the psychology I use to get people from leaving their conscious mind and get into their subconscious so they can make a decision not based on fear, not based on anxiety or based on lack of confidence, but they can make an empowering decision for their future so that we can serve them in a way that they've never been served before. That is why I have the one call closer system. That is why I show my coaches, the consultants, the people I work with, how to guide their their prospects through a sales funnel, a sales journey. So that when they get on the call with me, it's not about me speaking about the product or the features. If I'm speaking about how great the product or the features is, I'm not doing my job. I'm not going to make a sale. I'm not going to make the close. And the close isn't about me and making my commission because it doesn't matter. I really, it doesn't matter. I make enough money. I don't need to close someone. What I enjoy doing is offering them a solution to a problem that they have or getting people motivated to take in another step in their life, taking them to a point where they're comfortable to that point of uncomfortability where they can actually start growing in ways they never thought were possible. That is where I'm all about. That is what I'm all about. Sorry. And that is where I live in that kind of realm. Okay. So, so, okay. That added some context. So the one call closer is not, Hey, you're calling someone cold. These are people that have gone through part of the buying journey. They've been in the, the thought leaders consultants funnel. And so, yeah, they're expecting a call. They are absolutely part of, part of what I do is you, I will not get on a phone with somebody unless they've gone exactly through that buyer journey. They've gone through a sales funnel. So they've either gone through a webinar or they've heard some audio or they've gone through a video or they've already spoken to someone and then they get to me. Cause I, again, I don't, I don't, when you're talking about closing and selling, those are very, very distinctive things. And a lot of people confuse the two. When you're selling, you see this world is filled with salespeople. It's littered with bodies of people who know how to sell, but very few actually know how to close. Why do you think that's the case? Because a lot of salespeople don't understand that there's a sale and that there's a close. The selling is talking about the features, is creating the relationship, is creating the rapport, is, 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 is things like saying, I'll get back to you. When you say, I'll get back to you, you're not closing. The only time a close happens that you can call yourself a close is when you get past what we call the critical exchange point. 
And the critical exchange point is where there's a transfer of something. So there's a transfer of service, of value. I take from the prospect, the prospect then I give to them at that critical exchange. So I get the signature, I get the payment. That is a closer. That's what I do. And that's what I said. If, I, if I'm selling, meaning I have to tell you about the features, I have to tell you about products, I have to tell you how great this is going to be, I have to sell the thought leader or the expert, that's not what I do. I, I leave that up for the salespeople. I do the closing. I get the payment. I get it done. Yeah, I find this interesting because you know one of the stereotypes that persists of salespeople, and, and you know this is something just comes up, right? When you call yourself the one call closer, people are gonna that's the first thing that's gonna come up dying is is you know one of these stereotypes about sales, which many of us fight against, right? But I mean, at least in the states, and I presume it's similar in Canada as well. Is is you know it reminds like of a car salesman. You go into you go into buy a car, and somebody will be the seller, and then they hand you off to you know, the finance manager who's the quote unquote closer, mm. which at least based on you know people I've spoken with in my own experiences is, is you know usually not <laughs> not a great experience, right? I mean people don't like that handoff because uh, suddenly then the pressure starts starts uh, to build. Is that different when when you're selling to people? That, that's it's 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 completely different. A that you just talked about traditional sales techniques. And you talk about traditional salesperson. And again, that's not what we do. And now I know in the States, it's really they, they, the States is really known for the hardcore close, hardcore, like the very buy now, buy now. Um, again, yeah, that's yeah. not what I do. I don't, I, if I, I have to, again, sell the person to the close, then I'm not doing my job. I position the thought leader and position what we do in a way that the, prospect is actually selling us them i'll put it this way at the end of the conversation i'm not thanking them if i'm thanking them i've done a i've done a horrible job i don't thank my prospects i congratulate them and say i look forward to working with you they are thanking me for giving them an opportunity to change their lives sure. again i only work with again thought leaders experts service providers that offer again i really want this ingrained so people understand this that offer a solution that actually changes someone's problem i do not sell products or services that just cost money and do nothing for that person that's not what i do sure but i mean let's so let's talk about though because you do you teach other people to do this and not everybody i think is probably in the same situation you are to have the same certainty about the value of what it is that they're they're closing someone to to do so to to walk through your process and it, yeah, it makes sense in the sense that you know we're seeing increased specialization in sales roles across the board, right? More and more, the people that are appointment setters, people that are sellers, to in your terminology, and people that are closers. Um, so, in your when you're engaging with someone, and not with your your client, but when you're someone that you're trying to close a deal with, so typically, are they expecting the call or not? Yes, one hundred percent. So the call is scheduled. So I don't do I don't do cold calling. Cold calling yeah. again is part of the sales process. Okay, so the call, so the call is scheduled. So, so the, car, the call is scheduled. They know they, they 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 have said I want to speak with somebody because I believe yes. that this product or this service can help me. They get on the phone with me. Mm-hmm. They already know who the thought leader is. They already know what the product is. They've already seen it. So so they how do you, how do you open somebody. that conversation? In what way? In the conversation itself? Yeah, yeah. When you, well, yeah. I have my, I have my, my, my steps that I go through. And the mm-hmm. first, 
step is what I would call the introduction is setting the stage. So I get on the phone and right away, again, it's not, hey, how are you? How you doing? Let me sell you something. Traditional sales. I use a very, very stern tonality. Whoever the product is, so it, if it, it would be, hello, this is X office. Mm-hmm. Follow up on your application call. Is this correct? Then they speak. And then setting the stage is I first ask them out of curiosity, why did you set up a call today? Mm-hmm. Why is it important for you right now? Mm-hmm. Then I say, okay, I'm going to ask you a few questions. You're welcome to ask along the way. And at the end, I'll show you what we have going on. And then we'll see if it's the right fit for you. How does that sound? So typically, what's the response you get at that point? Yeah, yeah, sounds great. Now, if someone says no, what do you mean? They go, no, I don't want questions. I don't want to open. I go, okay, well, then this is probably not the right program for you. Because if I don't know what you need, how can I serve you best? This product, just because you think you need this product, it might not be the product you need. Now, I reject a lot of people because I'll tell you why. A, you never want someone that has buyer's remorse. You never want a bad apple in a group, especially if there's a group setting. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if it's online. You right. never want a bad apple, so it's not worth the sale. Right. And B, people who are not willing to be open on the phone are probably not willing to be open with change. And if they're not open to change, they're not going to get the results they need from the product. Well, so let me, this, uh, that raises an interesting question. That hadn't really occurred to me before, but, but let's say you're selling something for a thought leader and, you know, part inherent of that is the fact that the, the buyer has to trust and have trust in the thought leader, right? So, hundred percent. They right. got to trust and they got to know the thought leader. It is so, not my job as a closer to do that. Again, that's where that becomes a selling process. I'm right. not a seller. It's not, it's not called the one call selling system. It's called the one call closer system. Yeah, I understand. So wouldn't they want to have that conversation with, yeah, because you talk about building trust, which is absolutely true. You need to be able to do that to get someone to, to pay you money. Why wouldn't the thought leader want to have that conversation with the buyer at that point in time? Now, why, why are they delegating it to you? Because you got to create that credibility and you got to create that authority. If, that, if the thought leader is that easy accessible, then the, the buyer is not going to be motivated. You see, the buyer needs to be either motivated, there needs to be a need, there needs to be some urgency, or there needs to be some passion for them to make a move. So I know I deal with some thought leaders that when the prospect books a call, he tells them, he sends an email right away and says, this is probably not for you. You don't seem like the person that's right for this fit. And we test that prospect to see how motivated they are. If they say, okay, we don't want those type of people. We don't want them. See, I'll tell you, I work, how do I explain this? And I, it comes off, (laughs) comes off little arrogant, but I don't mean this with arrogance. I I really mean this with professionalism is I've realized when I started my sales career and I started my coaching business is I was trying to help the average people become winners. And I realized that that's a very long, slippery slope to go down. Average people will always stay average. You might get those same one or two of those people that are going to go from being average to being in the top 1%. What I've changed my business around to is I help winners win more. And I know when I'm speaking to a winner because I can hear it in their voice. You can hear it in their tonality and you can feel it in their, in their, in their passion. 
So when I'm speaking to a potential prospect on behalf of the thought leader, they want to get close to that thought leader because they know that thought leader, the knowledge they have, the program they have will change their life. And I am basically the gatekeeper from them to that thought leader. You don't get to the thought leader unless you go through me. And that's taught. It's about how we can separate the people we want in the group and the people we don't want in a group. I, this isn't a Tony Robbins thing where 10,000 people are allowed to come in. That's not what I do. I leave that up to Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. Let Tony Robbins change the, 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 you know, the 80% of the world. I'm going to work with the 20% of the world. I'm going to work with the people who are already winning and they just want to win more. And they understand the value of investment. They understand the value of investing into physical, personal, spiritual, financial, into the growth of yourself so you can get better. You can get faster. You can get quicker. You can grow more in life. Okay. Yeah, I got that. No, I just, I just, so I'm thinking about people, let's say, that run mastermind groups. You know, thought leaders run mastermind groups. Mm-hmm. And, and I know several that do. And, and I just try to think, yeah, I, I, well, maybe one of them would outsource, would outsource the closing. But for the others, they, they thought, and they told me, I mean, hey, this, this is an integral part of what I do. I, this is how I, I close because they get that, that final level of trust in me. And I'm just not saying this is right or wrong either way. I'm just trying to sort of work through it in my mind as we talk is, is yeah, how they, what you're doing is sort of saying, well, hey, let's, let's create some scarcity by saying that, look, you know, they're, they're just too busy to take this call. The reality is, sorry to cut you off, is not that they're too busy, that they're too busy with quotations. No, no that, that they're, they're in their high income skill. And their high income skill is either to coach, is to lead, not to be closing on the phone. If, if the thought leader was spending okay. all day closing on the phone, how is he helping people go to the next level? That's a good point. Valid point. Right? Yep. So, so I think... That I, we got we got to think bigger here. I'm not again. I'm not helping these people that have time to be on the phones. The people I'm helping, uh, they they have a, they have an X amount of time to help their current community, to help the people that are in the program. If they're on the phone, they're not doing the number one thing they should be doing. And we know this as entrepreneurs. We we should everybody should know this. Is there's only one to two or max three skills and strengths that you have as an individual. And you don't go work. I see a lot of people think that you should go master your weaknesses. No, because if you go try mastering your weaknesses, at the end of the day, you're just going to have a shitload more of weaknesses. What you're supposed to do is honor and, and go master your one high income skill. So for me, my high income skill once was selling. Now I've turned it to a higher income skill, which is now actually closing, closing a 17, a $25,000 ticket for a four day event in less than 30 minutes. That's my high income skill. That's not the coach's high income skill. So he shouldn't, so I would say whoever says that, the the coach that's saying that, great. I love what they're trying to achieve and and they're trying to achieve that community and they're trying to achieve that trust. But if that coach was at a certain level, they simply do not have the time or the energy to be sitting and speaking to 20 people a day. It's just, it's next to impossible when sure. you're wanting to grow a business. It's the, it goes back to the fundamentals. You're either working in your business or you're working on your business. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Okay. So how'd you come around to, you know, sort of originating this method? The one call closer? Yeah. Through mentorship. Uh, again, through my 19 years of selling, uh, I brought in, uh, we, we, I brought in some, 
sales experts, and we looked at what's happening, what works, what doesn't work, how the market's changing, and we created this uh, this the one call closer system. Well, but what did you see that was missing? So, what was the impetus to to say, hey, you know, sales is just broken, closing is just broken, we can do it better? What what was driving you? It was again. It was what drives us is the lack of results we were getting. So again, you always have to, as a salesperson, as a business owner, if you're going out and you're not getting the results you want, you have two options. You can continue to go down those down that road, what you're doing and, and expecting a different result, which we know that's insanity, or we can stop readjust. And through readjustment, we figured out what works and what doesn't work. So what were you selling at the time? The same coaching call, oh, okay. consult, okay. high, okay. ticket, high ticket stuff. Right. And we realize so a lot of people out there, you'll see they have the script and they, they the dreaded script, the dreaded script. Yeah. I mean, many most reps are you know, making horrible mistakes with their scripts. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, again, we're talking two different like if we're talking about sales reps that people, these are people who are going out and calling on people. It's a complete different conversation than uh, than what I got going on here. Sure. Why I, not? I have. I have I have 10 years of being a sales, actually, yeah, more than that, 10 years of being a sales rep. My last career job, I was the number one sales rep for the largest pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. Now that is, now we're talking about how do you, how do you get sales? It, it's about building relationships. It's not about closing. It's a, if, if you're a sales rep and you have, a, and it's a long cycle, you, you gotta be a, you gotta be a relationship builder. Again, it goes back to what I said earlier. People do business with people they like. In this case, people are doing business with people they like. People want to do business with a thought leader. And to get to the thought leader, you got to have the close. The close is who I am. And again, I don't want people to think the close is just about selling people into a product that they don't need. I only work, and I said it again, I only work with thought leaders, experts who actually can provide a service in people's lives. So let me give you an example. I can't say who it is. Sure. I'm on their NBA, but right now I'm working for a thought leader. He's charging $20,000 for a four-day event. Mm-hmm. Before you even get there, you know, before you got travel, hotel, it could cost anywhere up to $25,000 to $30,000, depending on where you're coming in from the country. Sure, okay? sure. Why do I get people to go get a loan to come to this event? Why I tell people, hey, sometimes you need bad credit to get good credit. You need to go do the one thing that you don't want to do in order to have the one thing you want is because I know without a doubt, and I make it very clear that if you go to this event and you work with passion, and you work and listen to what is going on and understand the why, when you walk out of the event, you get an actual business up and running, an online business already up and running. In fact, the the, the expert gives back $2,000 and puts it into online uh, budget as the spend to start generating leads and traffic right away at the event. And there, not only do you get a business, you get the most important thing is you get a transformation as an entrepreneur. And I tell people this is I can give you the I can give you the exact roadmap to success. But if you're still operating as a five thousand dollar earner, a month earner, you'll never, ever get to a 20, a 30, a 40 K earner. We need to first go on the inside if we want to change the outside, because all the results you're getting in life whether it's your relationships, with your customers, with your business, with your sales, is a direct reflection of what's going on the inside. So if you want the outside to change, you have to change the inside. And at this event, it's a full transformational 
entrepreneurial event where you leave with a business, a tangible business. And anyone that goes to that event on average is making anywhere between 20 to 30 K a month. So for me, that's life changing for people Mm -hmm. who are making 5 K a month and they just don't have that mentorship. They haven't changed their paradigm because they're living in a world of scarcity. They're living in a world with average people doing average things, walking, talking, and acting like average. And I know that, and I say that with passion because that's how I lived for 30 years. And I realized that if I was ever gonna go after my dream, and if I was ever gonna go after what I wanted and what I desired, that I needed to give myself the permission to walk through that door alone. Give yourself the permission to leave your current situation because chances are if you're making $5,000 a month, look around you. Everyone else around you is probably making $5,000 a month. And I always say this. When you're a millionaire, if you want to make a million dollars, you need to hang out with a million dollars. You want to make $10 million? You can't be hanging out with people who are making a million. You got to be hanging out with people who are making 10, 15 million. Make sense? Oh, yeah. Got it. Got it. Perfect. So these are the people, these are the people I work with and these are the results these people get. Now I only pick up two or three contracts on a yearly basis as they're, as I'm very committed to them and mm-hmm. I make sure I'm very, I'm very diligent on who I work with. And what sort of team do you have? Uh, right now we have a five person team growing very quickly because I have a lot of people calling and a lot of people wanting us to take on their projects. And I simply right now will not take on any project unless I know I can fulfill it. Got it. To me, right now, it's not about trying to take on everyone's projects so we can make money here. To me, it's taking on the right projects so I can start leaving a legacy and creating something that is bigger than me, bigger than the one called Closer System, and is the way that I can give back to people who are looking for something bigger, who are looking for a chance to change their lives. Okay, got it. Well, let's let's end on that note. So we're out of time here, but Kayvon... Thanks for being on the show. Tell people how they can uh, connect with you and learn more about what you do. Yes. If you want to learn more about what I do, it's very simple. You can go to my website, which is kvon.com. It's K-A-Y-V-O-N.com. And from there, you can get all the access you need to me. Excellent. Well, again, thank you very much for being on the show. And friends, thank you for spending this time with me today. Make sure you come back again tomorrow for another great episode of Accelerate. So thanks again for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.